You're listening to the already cancelled podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. We have some bad hombres here and we're gonna get them out. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. Let's put a smile on that face. These allegations are false. Watch your profanity. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? What is up, peasants? And welcome to the Already Cancelled Podcast, where we rant about social issues from our Christian perspective, and look deep at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. His name is Nathan. And his name is John. And welcome to today's show, um, where we discuss government, government overreach. overreach. This is a topic that is not just critical to today's time. It is something that has been going on since governments began. Since the beginning of time, yeah, really, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when I mean, the they first... wanted to build the Tower of Babel and reach God, and yeah, that didn't work out. I don't so know well. when the first like actual established government was. If we look back through history, um, but whenever it was, it didn't take very long for those in charge to start trying to take powers away. Well, it's to... all about self-serving. Oh, right? absolutely, so, servants of the people, Nathan. Oh, or making the people servants. I don't know which way it goes, but you know. Yeah, back to the Middle Ages. We're all, you know, peasants of the the upper class. Well, and it actually, this actually ties really well into something I would encourage all of our viewers who uh, have YouTube or, you know, can look online. There is some curse words in this video, so bear in mind, okay, it's from an external source, but Joe Rogan's video he just put out, a trailer, oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is absolutely really uh, applicable to today's episode because he talks about how there's really been no other governments ever created. And I actually agree with him, other than when uh, God was the ruler over the Israelites. It's yeah. the only exception I would give that's, to that. Yeah, that's really the only... But even then, it wasn't God, but it was the people that still managed to screw that one up. Yeah, right. But uh, no, you can check that video out on our Instagram, which we'll uh, we'll post before we get this episode. Yes, it live. has some curse words, so, so be warned. Yeah, but um, uh, very good. Yes, and and realistically, you know, it's it's kind of a go down with the ship kind of a kind of a sh- uh, little clip, and that is what we're in today. Uh, what we're going to discuss today isn't necessarily. In regards to mandates, well, that may come up. This is this is just generically, um, but we have to we have to really break down what's going on. So I want to preface all of this with kind of where this idea came from, where this episode came from, and this is going to be a little different than most of our other episodes. Um, Nathan and I are actually going to have a bit of banter. This is going to be more of one of our just kind of raw conversations that you guys get to listen in on as we're kind of hashing stuff out and kind of, you know, figuring out where we actually fall on some of this. And we may be wrong in some of this because the Constitution may prove us otherwise. So feel free to chime in on the comments uh, on the video, uh, which we will have um, on uh, YouTube, and we're going to try to set up on Rumble as soon as we can. We we do have a YouTube channel now. Yeah, check that out. Link in the uh yeah, link in the description. Yeah, and uh, you can click the bell and you know like the videos and all those good things. Um, but then also you know shoot us a comment on Instagram, Twitter, you know, Twitter. Email us. Yeah, you you by now if you've listened to any of our episodes, if you listen to all of our episodes, hey, shout out to you because you're awesome. Love you. But it, you by now know how to find us, how to do all that great and stuff. And we'll we'll also talk about it at the end of the show here, and yeah. you'll you'll know. Yeah. But. So this started. Um, we were watching Nathan and I not together but separately. We had we were watching another show, 
Um, and they were discussing John Oliver because the Tonight Shows are stupid. Oh, my goodness. Um, Don't get me started. And so he was, he was making a false equivalency between the vaccine mandates and the government's seatbelt laws. And he was pointing out, I forget exactly, you know, there are a few states that don't have seatbelt laws. And so that brings up the question of, should the government mandate that you should wear a seatbelt? Is that a law that the government should be making? And his point was, I believe it was, you know, trying to draw the comparison that, you know, those are both for public safety. And so this other show that we were watching said that that that's not compatible, it's not comparable, because seatbelt laws do not have anything to do with anyone other than yourself. So this is where, unfortunately, our late-night talk show hosts in this country would like to say the federal government should step in and make a law on this and just make it legal across uh, illegal to not wear your seatbelt in all 50 states. Okay, right. The problem with that is it's not within the federal government's purview now. And this is where, you know... This is we where might, the states' rights battle versus might, federal battle come into play. And we play, might but, even start to sound like libertarians, and that's because, if you don't know, libertarians have a very keep-to-yourself... If it doesn't hurt, if it doesn't harm others, then you can do whatever you want. And so, libertarians, I think, for the most part, um, we're not libertarians. We're not, by but, the way. But, but we do agree with some of their but points. But there's a there's that's where a lot of this idea around you know small government, you know, keep to yourself. What's the government view like? Libertarians have a lot of similar viewpoints on all of these issues. And so, we, while we're not th- it. It plays into the discussion. And I think there's a healthy balance between libertarianism and conservatism, which which we need in this country. Yeah. Unfortunately, the conservatives don't have it all going on when it comes to you know economic policy, at least our current Republicans. Oh. And and you know, the libertarians don't have it all going on when it comes to, you know, like regulations on big governments, beca- uh, big companies, I mean, because they would rather see companies run the country basically, which leads itself to monopolies which then leads itself to price controlling and leads itself to... More a, big government. Basically, a government in a company, uh, a.k.a. Facebook. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say that. What? Um, but Alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. So let's discuss the seatbelt. So let's discuss this. Um, Nathan and I, we were, we were, you know, as we were talking about, okay, what we're going to discuss on this episode, we started getting into it. We immediately were starting to disagree, and I was like, wait, before we get into this, we got to save this for the episode. So, Nathan... It is my premise that seatbelt laws, while they are primarily to protect the individual from harming themselves, they also have repercussions on others. That is my premise. Okay, well, but you first have to say how do they have implication for others? So, we can first, I think this is a, an inverse correlation. Um, as we saw over the past 50, 60 years, as seatbelts have become more prevalent. You know, our parents grew up, they didn't have seatbelts in cars. They just kind of rolled around in the back of the station wagon on the, all the way down to Florida. We've seen that... Um, those bench seats, though, were something else. <laughs> those, those were awesome. They were. We've seen that infant mortality has gone down, you know, in these different car accidents. There's a lot less... Or, or child mortality. Yeah, child guess, mortality, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot less accidents, and thus the number of organs for child transplants has actually gone down because it's a lot safer. 
I don't know if I'd go into saying there's been less accidents. There's not, but there's there's been less fatalities due to that. Okay, but like percentage wise, yeah, I can yeah, agree with yeah. that based on cars on the road. Yeah, you have to you have to get into the real specifics on there. But my my other, my actual two points for this. First of all, seatbelts remove human projectiles from accidents, which can have a huge negative impact on creating more excess damage in. Um, accidents you can have <laughs> when you have a projectile suddenly not only did your car crash but now you've flown through your windshield you're on the road you're a liability to others but secondly and I think this one kind of ties into another topic that we could actually discuss it creates less trauma for responders and for others who are coming to clean up an accident if suddenly your body's not strewn all across the road and I think this plays into the same idea of, um, not the same, but similar ideas to uh, laws against suicide, which I think libertarians would have a problem with saying, oh, you know, it's your body, do what you want. But quite often, one of the arguments that we use for suicide is, well, somebody's going to have to clean that up. Somebody's going to have to, you know, it has repercussions on others, even though it's just yourself. And so while I agree, seatbelt laws are, primarily for you for yourself for your safety i think there still are repercussions and a ripple effect while not as large that do trickle out to others both primarily though on the scene of an accident whether it's through really your body just being out there and okay causing okay so thanks for coming you to are, my TED talk. you're a great advocate for seatbelts are you an advocate for government making laws requiring seatbelts? See, are you all about freedom of choice and allowing that person to put on that seatbelt and understanding the uh, benefits of a seatbelt, which actually there are some rare occurrences where a seatbelt does entrap or kill yeah. the passenger or driver or whoever has it on. Ban seatbelts. Ban seatbelts. No, They're bad. That, They're dangerous. That's no, not what no, I'm no, saying, no, no, but... Are you wanting the people to have the freedom of choice to wear that device, which which I would say 99 or 98% of the time, I don't have the exact statistics, are great. Life-saving. Yeah, life-saving, yeah. are awesome. All right. Are you an advocate for someone realizing that it's a smart idea to wear a seatbelt, or are you an advocate for someone enforcing that you wear a seatbelt? A, me, also known as a law requiring it. Yeah, and that's where it gets tricky because I think... And take the idea of they save lives, human projectiles, out of it because now you have no, yeah, airbags, yeah, yeah. you have curtain no, airbags absolutely. in a lot of cars, right? So I think, and here's where like I'll I'll come down to it. Airbags still have not their drawbacks sure, yeah. too, but I think that it should be a hmm, uh, hmm. I think it should be a law, but there shouldn't be a punishment because I think people going to jail, getting a ticket, being fined for not wearing a seatbelt is kind of stupid. But I think it should be, hey... Maybe a warning. A yeah, warning. May, may, yeah, maybe it's not a law, but you know, if an officer sees you without a seatbelt, they can pull you over and be like, hey, you should wear a seatbelt. You have to incentivize. Unfortunately, while I don't disagree with the sentiment there... Because like I'm not sure... You have to... If you're going to have a seatbelt law, you have to incentivize a reason to pull people over. Now, you could say you're, you're a protect and serve cop and that is your job is to protect those people and remind them hey please wear a seatbelt it it can save your life yeah. right part of that educational protection kind of a thing and serving it it does go into both of those um 
but how do you uh how do you say how do you incentivize that because unfortunately a lot of times in a lot of police departments and even the highway patrols or in some states have state police which yeah. to me sounds more like you know the KGB but that's just what they call them <laughs> yeah. um do you uh you have to incentivize them to enforce something or to go looking for something because otherwise there's no money in it and then there's no way to fund the department. True. So unfortunately, I think you could you could go to a route of like a, you know, three strikes, you get a ticket, right? Yeah. Or something along those lines where it's not a punishable offense on, this, on every time and maybe after like six months it, you know, you lose one of those warnings. Like, yeah. you know, every six months you lose a warning and you get three strikes and then the fourth one you get a ticket. But back to the question of do I think personally that it should be a law? And this is where this is where I I tend to lean a little bit more to the side of allow individuals to make the decision for themselves. Cars have upgraded to the point, most cars on the road, I'm speaking generally, here, yeah. have updated to the point where they have operational airbags. Now, in the past, we've had some problems with airbags killing people because they had metal shards in them. <clears throat> yeah, Toyota. <clears throat> yeah, well, actually, Honda was a big one on that. Um, Toyota had some, but Toyota did. Honda yeah. was enormous. Uh, my wife's car has the issue. Um, <laughs> and the dangers that airbags can cause, which they can cause dangers, right? Yeah. You know, you don't. That's why they tell you not to put kids in the front seat because the force of that airbag can cause damage to them. Don't put other your than feet on the dashboard. Because you'll end up with your knees through your face. Yeah, it can break your nose. <laughs> Typically, it's going to break your nose. Yeah. But here's the here's the idea. It, it saves you from, like you said, projectile yeah. through the car. But that being said, how do you... You have to understand government is based on principle. It's not necessarily based on instances. So this is where it gets tricky, and this is where I use my give a pig a pancake, or you know give a mouse a pan, uh, a cookie. you know cookie yeah. or whatever kind of example. If you give the government the power to say this saves lives, I'm going to implement it. Who is saying it saves lives? Yeah. And how do you determine it saves lives? Yeah. Who is paying for it to say it saves lives now? undisputedly on this issue seatbelts save lives absolutely right i agree and i wear a seatbelt i've been bad about maybe putting it on right when i get in but i wear a seatbelt okay i look at or click it nathan yeah that's sean saying although i've gotten really better and yeah part of that is just growing up and just just reminding yourself to do it oh when i was a kid i always wore one you know got a little lazy but i didn't not wear it you know it was just like maybe i was getting to the stop sign I was like, whoops but what i'm trying to say is it is, in the state of Missouri anyway, law to wear a seatbelt, and I know many other states have it, but is it a law the government should be doing? Now, I think we've answered question number one first. Is it the federal government's job? Yes or no? No. No, it's not. I, I Absolutely no, I not. Think so. No. Now, we could also take think, that into I think the, the, the federal government can highly recommend. Oh, oh, absolutely. And they can put like their ad council videos together. They can put their little, uh, you know, public service announcement things like Smokey the Bear is for yeah. forest fires. I have nothing, no problem with that. Is would, it the state's job 
to do it. Well, that's technically where it lies in because it is technically, it's because the federal government cannot and should not, uh, more like should not anymore, make a law regarding that. The states can. So it gives the freedom to the states. So here's a question for you. If the federal government should not, what reason would there be for the state government to do so? Well, see, states are given a little bit more freedom in the Constitution to make laws that the federal government cannot. Yes. Okay? That is how you can get away with, in some circumstances, the um, idea of, like, limited magazine capacity on certain firearms and things like that. Now, unfortunately, that does violate the shall not be infringed portion of the Second Amendment. But But regardless, what I'm trying to get at is states have a little bit more freedom with their laws than the federal government. Licensing for real estate agents, blah, 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 right? It's not a federal license. It's a state license. Um, The big question we face, though, is it government's job? I struggle with saying, yes, it should be. Just like I struggle with booster sheets the booster seats up to like 12 years old now it now that changed when i was a kid in our state yeah you know when i was a kid i didn't have to wear a booster seat after so many you know it's years like seven or yeah and something. then it was fine right but now you almost have to put them in the stupid pumpkin seat until they're like 12 it's stupid um i know there's studies to to prove that it's safe but is it industry funded studies meaning mm-hmm. they're paid for by the industry that would make the most money off of it yeah or are they independent that is something that, unfortunately, in this day and age, is so hard to determine. Yeah. It's so hard to determine. And that's where, you know, I'd like to go back, and I forget where exactly, you know, something you said um, made me think about it. I'd love to go back and see, you know, the statistics of fatalities in car accidents before there were seatbelt laws, after there were seatbelt laws, what that bell curve looks like, just how all of the data plays out and really understand, okay, are we at a point now where we don't need those laws? where people know, are we at a point where, did we ever need those laws? Did they just need to be like, hey, you guys should wear a seatbelt. Would this have been, you know, fixed with a an ad campaign? You know, what kind of, and unfortunately, I don't think we can know that necessarily, but being able to dive in and understand the data and see, okay, Wait did this we actually... We could, but we don't have the time. <laughs> that well, takes we, a lot we, of time. We also don't necessarily... Like, you and I also don't necessarily have all of that data. No. Right, but being right. able to dive in and see, okay, what kind of effect did making these laws have? Not that that justifies if the federal government or the state governments in this case should have made those laws, but being able to look at that as a study for some of these other cases as well. So we... I, I have to take the stance though of it should not be a fed it should not be a law. It can be a recommendation and maybe you do the three strikes you're out and that would be my compromise on something like this. Yeah. But it, it, it would I'm not like, oh absolutely not. But what I'm saying is I would lean more towards the no. Because I want people to have the freedom of choice. And then we're gonna go into helmets on motorcycles. And so well back backing up a second. That's also where we fall, you know, tracing this all the way back to the beginning of this conversation back to vaccine mandates versus seatbelt laws. There shouldn't be either. You should have the choice. The government can tell you, hey, you should really do this. It's good for your own safety. It will protect you. It may protect others. Citation needed. (laughs) But it's good for you. You Unbiased studies needed. (laughs) But it shouldn't be a law. 
and that's really hard. You know, I can I or can feel I can feel some of you cringing at the idea seatbelt laws shouldn't be a law. In this instance, I could give on that. I could say, yeah, okay, but it's because if you give the, on this one, what about the next one? What about the next one? It sets a precedent for the government having that control and that power. The fight for freedom is one where you make it as difficult as possible for more rules, regulation, and taxes to be passed on private individuals and private companies. Now, there are exceptions to that rules, a.k.a. monopolies and so on, but those, and you have to enforce those, but those are the kind of things where it's very difficult fighting for the cause of freedom because sometimes you might personally be able to justify understanding why that law should be a law yeah. or that the, you know, this specific bill should be a law, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's difficult because sometimes you have to make that decision where you personally may disagree with it, but as your duty, uh, constitutionally and otherwise, you are tied to saying no. And so sometimes it may be hard for us to take a stand on a certain issue, but we know that in order to stand with the Constitution and with everything else and for to have, you know, the, the weight that it needs, we have to stand in a certain way that feels a little uncomfortable but protects everything else. And so I, I, I go into the helmet laws, okay? So our state used to have a motorcycle helmet law. You had to wear a helmet if you were riding a motorcycle on the road. That law has since been repealed. It's basically seatbelt law for motorcycles. Yeah. Right? Why is it that if you're wearing a motorcycle, you don't have to wear a helmet if you choose to? Now, I think that's stupid. I just, I'm sorry. I understand. Dress for the the slide, uh, not the ride. Yeah, I understand, like, the whole idea of, you know, the wind through my hair and all that stuff. But you know what? If the wind through your hair ends up with with pavement through your head, eh. Mm. Was it worth it? Nope. You know, like if I was to ride a motorcycle, I'd be wearing at least jeans and at least some boots, you know, uh, leather boots. I would probably want more want to go to steel toed and have leather chaps on. There's a reason why motorcyclists wear leather is because it is one of the strongest materials you can wear. Um, so the, the idea behind helmet laws are protecting people from their own stupidity. And so the question then is, is that the government's job to protect people from their own stupidity or are we to allow free choice? And that's... America was based on the idea of you allow people to make those choices. You allow them to have that freedom. You don't... And you also have to look at why we threw tea in the, in the harbor. It was over a very small tax increase, but we did it on principle. Well, let's let's go back even further. Not only was America founded on the idea of you have a choice to be stupid, if we take it all the way back to the beginning, God could have created us as robots. But instead, he gave us free choice to be able to love him, to serve him, to obey him, or to disobey, to act in ways that are contrary to our greater good. Because within that free choice, there is even better good, even better greatness. Because if we're robots, 
you know, we don't get to, the, it's not really love if you don't have a choice. Unfortunately. And so within that, within that choice, there is a lot of, there's a lot of negativity. There's so much sin. There's so much depravity. There's so much darkness because we have that choice. But there's also even more beauty because we have that choice for love and for following God. Unfortunately, though, the human creature craves order, function, and rules. We love, and we've kind of brushed on this in other episodes, being in your box, doing what you do, don't branch out. You know, look at the Pharisees. Don't shake the boat, right? Yeah. We, we crave order, and so we, don't, we actually kind of prefer to being told have, what to do. Being told how to do and what to do. But unfortunately, with this country and vaccine mandates, back to kind of where we were there, um, it we have a history in this country of requiring vaccines, um, and and that, in my opinion, is not what we were founded on. Now, I do I think educating on a on a vaccine as to why it is work why it works and having proof that it works, okay, for what you claim it works for then most sane people would take it. And, and and that's a good thing. But if you are vaccinated, you shouldn't be concerned about those who are not because it is a personal decision. Don't allow... And, and this is on principle, right? Don't allow government and society to pit people against one another. Yeah. Allow them to have that freedom of choice. You know, we're going to talk about some stuff that goes into city... And county governments, just as much as it goes into state governments here, as far as do we think this is government overreach? You know, uh, building codes, for example. Yeah. Do you think the state should mandate, county or city, how you should build what you build? No. And it, here, here's the thing. But and there's 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 some nuance to it because obviously I don't think you should be able to go. And start building a you know a high rise skyscraper in the middle of wherever you live, whether it's in the middle of the country or you know in a suburb. Like obviously, you shouldn't be able to do that. There should be some limitations. But the idea that you know, say I have you know fifteen acres out in the country, and I can't go out there and build a house for myself and just live there without the government coming in and saying. Um, well, you don't have the right uh, building codes and regulations and you didn't get the right permits. And so uh, we're going to have to condemn this and you're going to have to tear your house down and go through a lot of hoops and pay a lot of fines because you didn't actually go through the right processes to build this house. And so <laughs> even though it's your own property and you built it all by hand, uh, you're wrong. So I have, a, I have an example as to why it would make sense for states to make some rules. In yeah. California, the earthquake of like 1900 or 1904, I can't remember exactly what year it was, 1906, somewhere in there, Early basically leveled earthquake. San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. It, half of it burned up after. I mean, it was a disaster. Um, and California's been a disaster ever since. No, no. But they were able no, to- No, it has, re- though. I mean, well, let's be honest. But as far as buildings go, yeah. they've been able to rebuild with some functionality of codes and protections- to not build wooden timbered structures, but actually build wooden, maybe wooden bit timbered structures that have a little bit more uh, foundations built and more suited for the environment in which you live. 
sometimes that requires making that mandatory for all homes so your home doesn't end up falling on somebody else's, right? Or yeah. that skyscraper doesn't end up collapsing on all the workers inside of it. Yeah. Like, there's a reason commercial real estate is held to a different standard than residential, okay? Yeah. But I think it you, you have to then also go to, like, for example, in certain counties, you're not allowed to put in your house plug-ins, so, you know, like the three-prong plug-ins we all use, that are not child-proof. So they have like a little plastic cover yeah. on them that when you peel the plug out, it clo- closes them and then you have to push really hard to get them in. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when I was a kid, you had the little plastic, you know, covers, covers that, that you just also put on Also really impossible to get out. Yeah, but. but you could get those out with flathead screwdriver. Yeah. Like they were better than these things. Believe yeah. me, I have tried. I, I did construction for a little while. And those things, you're fighting to get your plug into those things. Yeah, Once no, you get your plug in, you're like, I don't want to take it out. But to me, why is that a rule? I understand putting GFI plugs, which are the fancy ones with like the cert, the red button and the white button yeah. next to sinks and stuff just so you don't end up electrocuting yourself in case water gets into Burning it. Burning the house down, yeah. Right, that too. But at the same time, those plugs... Okay, so I can go plug a power strip into that plug, and that power strip isn't required to have that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but see my point so, though. So there's, there's there's some logic behind some of them, but then what's happened? What's happened here is, like you're saying, laws. You know how to build houses that are going to protect everybody, keep everything from you know the entire town from burning down again. But to your point of if you give a pig a pancake, they've said, oh, we can make these laws. Let's regulate this and this and this. And so they've now started regulating everything down to the microscopic level where they don't belong because they can. Yes. And that's that's the where problem. you draw the line. And that's where, you know, there and, comes into play a county government overreach or city government overreach with those because they can counties and cities can have regulations. And that's that's where there's a lot of nuance in this issue because like I said, obviously we should have some of those, you know, regulations to keep, you know, use. I mean, hmm. you don't want to go to work and worry about the ceiling collapsing on you. But you also don't want to go to work and be fighting with every little thing because they've regulated the snot out of it. Yeah. You you don't want to make it so that there's there's a there's a healthy medium. Yeah. Unfortunately, governments when they're run by humans end up going a little bit more towards the point of... Unhealthy obesity. Yes, than a healthy medium, right? Yeah. You know, there there needs to be a check and a balance. And that's the whole premise of the United States. But what's happened is we have allowed less of those checks and balances to actually do their job by allowing more uh, persuasion and influence on certain branches than others. So let's break this down a little bit more with what laws what do, what what do we think the role of government should be so let's let's go back to one of my first examples laws against suicide what do we think on that do you think that there should be laws preventing you from killing yourself if you want to my body my choice right i mean see that's <laughs> for me it's an absolute no because how in this world are you going to actually do that but could there be a mental health issue in your nation and maybe you want to bring awareness to that? Yes. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, you, you need to, like, bring awareness to treatment 
options and things available to you without promoting a single nonprofit or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um But wait, so But is it the government's job to ban like or prohibit or make it very difficult for you to commit suicide? What are they going to put us in a, like a pl- plastic bubble with air coupling in? I mean, good night. What are you going to do? Um And that's that's one of those where like I don't, I don't know if there actually is a law against it or not. I mean, I think I most of think the time so. if there's an attempted suicide. They're not locking that person in prison for trying to kill themselves. They're sending that person to get help because obviously there's something wrong. There's something going on in their life that's making them want to do that. Um, so maybe that's not the best example, but let's take it back a step further. Should there be laws preventing people from murdering each other? Obviously, I think we would say yes because I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any society that has allowed murder to just go rampant in their community without making laws against it. Now, we may define something in that culture as murder. For example, in Saudi Arabia, throwing homosexuals off buildings and stuff. Well, <clears throat> yeah, that that's murder, that's right? Murder. You like know, it, I, I, I may not condone the behavior, but that doesn't mean you just go throwing them off a building or stoning them. Likewise, not everyone would agree that abortion is murder, but it is. Um, not everyone would agree that... Um, uh, euthanasia is murder. Some states actually allow euthanasia. Some, yeah, some states do allow it, um, but that doesn't mean that it's physician right. assisted doctor assisted suicide. Yeah, which. Yeah. So, I guess this brings us to what is the role of government, and I think the first role of government is to establish security for its sovereign nation, for its commonwealth to protect those people from outside forces. And our government has very specific guidelines, uh, you know, as to what it can and cannot do. Now, it has taken those and through the court systems made them to mean whatever they want it to mean. And so they they say, oh, well, we're going to tap everyone's phones and record it all because it's for national security. Yes. Well, wouldn't you think that that would be a legal search and seizure, which the government is supposed to is prohibited from doing without getting a for warrant. each and every circumstance right a permit or a, a warrant from a judge yeah right there is a process but when the court's secret aka FISA courts and so on yeah when the courts are secret and you don't have a say it's just as if there was no court I'm mm-hmm. sorry I, I real I'm sorry there it, you cannot pers- you cannot convince me that on an American citizen, that is justified. Now, if you know someone is plotting a terrorist attack and they're an American citizen, and I hate the word terrorist, but a domestic attack, yeah, is it the police force's job to, you know, and you publicly post about it, which a lot of those crazy people do, yeah, you know, how are you going to know about it unless somebody tips you of it if you don't have a warrant? Mm-hmm. right on that individual or you're already surveilling that individual that's a tough conversation to have it's, it's really hard because and this this get you know leads into the potential with red flag laws well if somebody says oh you know nathan nathan is you know posing a threat to you know himself to others you know he's plotting this or whatever they've got to have enough evidence to back that up in order to get that warrant to go into search to take all my knives away or and guns or whatever, if I had any of those, but but 
it has to be more than just hearsay of, you know, well, John said that Nathan's a threat, and so we're going to just, on John's word, we're going to go in and do that. Um, or you, your, your diehard enemy in life has, can report you and get everything taken from you. Yeah, your ex-spouse. And yeah, right. Or, or and you'll never get. And the problem is you don't get it back usually. Yeah. Once it's seized, goodbye. And you so lose that's, your property. And that's where you know, like you're saying, there's a process for this, and we need to be following it. But at some point, the process is broken down, and I think that's a problem that we're like we've said before, we're always going to run into because we as humans are broken and fallen. And with any government, there's going to be issues. So on one more topic, we'll, we'll address real quick on yeah. government overreach. What percentage of your income, I'm not talking just income taxes, should go to the government in taxes? I This is including sales tax, property tax, fines, fees, Social income Security, tax. Medicaid, well, yeah. you know, or Medicare, whichever it is. I uh, forget that one, uh, but it's pretty significant. Um is income taxes, what percentage? Property, you know, what what percent? In my opinion, when when governments can increase it and increase it and increase it and increase it over time, you are not allowing free enterprise. You are stifling it by creating more government jobs. In my opinion, it's okay to have taxes to run a country. You have to. Yeah. Right? That's a necessary evil, in my opinion. I mean, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. The problem is, I guess it's not necessarily a problem, Jesus doesn't define what is Caesar's and what should be rendered unto him. Jesus doesn't give us that percentage. Well, he doesn't say, render unto Caesar up to 25% what is Caesar's. Unfortunately, Christians will use this as a, well... Oh, well, they get, they, they'll use it as a, well, we're not supposed to fight back or, well, you know, we don't, we don't we're really supposed to just pay our taxes and, and roll, you know, roll with let, it. Let, let them, you know, let Caesar take what's his. And the uniqueness of the United States allows for private citizens to be involved in the stages of government, which makes it a very much a challenge for us as Christians to understand, well, then how should we go about this? Because... In fact, we in America are in the unique position where we are actually Caesar. Yes, exactly. It's not the government granted us these rights. These rights were granted to us by the government. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Said that wrong. I've said <laughs> oh, it like Biden did. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, no, the rights are granted by the government. That's how that's how Biden would think it is. But no. Wrong. Yeah. The rights are granted to us by ourselves, aka the founding fathers and us. And we tell the government, hands off these. So the reason we're free. Let's back up a, a, a little bit even further. We have rights given to us, inalienable rights given to us by a creator, which we then said, okay, we're then going to establish these other rights to protect those rights given to us by our creator and then establish a government to protect us in protecting those rights. And then they created a system all about it, all around it, where we are in control. And they actually made government as difficult to operate as they could because they made three checks and balances. Now, I don't think they anticipated, and actually George Washington was not a fan of political parties at all. 
um, and didn't want political parties. Unfortunately, right after his presidency, it, it moved to that um, because people divided and wanted to have sides and pit each other against each other. And the problem with that is now it's groupthink. It's so partisan. Yeah, yeah, it's groupthink because we only have two potlicking parties that ever win anything because, unfortunately, if you vote for another party, it's like you threw your vote away because no one does that. Yeah. You know, how do you change a culture? Oh, my goodness. It's very difficult. It's near impossible. Right. So you, what we have allowed for is groupthink, and groupthink has taken over the judiciary, uh, most of the executive branch, no matter who's in power, and many times many actors in the legislative branches. And yeah. you, you get this idea of, well, I don't care if it's constitutional or not, a.k.a. our current administration. Yeah. You know, screw your freedom. I don't know, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, that'd be a good clip to have. Uh, um, and, I mean, when was the last time you heard an Austrian slash German say, screw your freedom? Screw your freedom. <laughs> Didn't work out well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, um, what I'm trying to get at here is government has a very limited role. And this is the kind of fun conversations you can have when you talk with people about, you know, well, what, what do you think of a seatbelt law? What do you think of a helmet law? It's silly little things like that, what but they add up. What do you think about the 18th Amendment? Which is? The 18th Amendment, which banned alcohol. Stupid. I, I think that was a time period in this country when all these activists made the loudest voices, were the loudest voices, and they said, oh, we must ban this because I think during the Great Depression, which was around that time period, there was so much reliance and focus on alcohol. Alcoholism was becoming a real issue. Yeah. Drunks were becoming a real problem. Yeah. So they thought, oh, our solution would be just ban it. And then uh, uh, three amendments later, they decided to repeal that one. Well... Yeah, not after, though, a whole bunch of Al Capones and gangsters and corrupt cops and FBI and all kinds of fun stories got created, which ended up with a lot of dead people on the streets. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so but that, I mean... Oh, there's also a, a workaround. You could get it prescribed. It, I didn't know if you knew that. You oh, could get alcohol prescribed to you as a alcohol. workaround. Yes, huh. and the lines at pharmacies were sound, insane. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> um, huh, interesting. So, I mean, that brings us, you know... This is a sidetrack. I thought we were wrapping up, but that brings us to, you know, now today, you know, legalizing marijuana, legalizing drugs, uh, making them all recreational. Um, is that the role of the government as well? Where where do we as Christians fall in line with that? Because we've been commanded, be sober-minded, which includes not allowing drugs and do we or want alcohol what well, doesn't mean not allowing it it to, just means no, to to cloud our minds yes. and so alcohol there's alcohol there's a little bit of wiggle room but i think uh with you go, drugs you go drink the whole bottle of vodka there john you're going to be drunk as a skunk by the way we don't have one but <laughs> but i think with drugs the point of most of them is to get high to to lose to numb that the edge and to lose, you know, touch with reality. Sure, some people, you know, there's we can argue medicinal benefits or not, but most people out there smoking weed are not smoking just a little bit to enjoy it, but not to get high. They're they're doing it to not be sober minded. And maybe there is actually medicinal reasons and uses for medical marijuana that which has not been studied because it's against federal law. You know, maybe there are reasons for this, but 
the the but is that anything but, in excess anything in excess is bad cigarettes okay cigarettes in general period are bad but you know we've we've gone back to this one a bit too big the cigarette Macs. tax ooh big big max the uh sh- the sodas and sugary drinks tax that new york tried to pass well and i i actually think you should go back and look at uh, I know, for example, the state of Missouri has tried to pass cigarette taxes for, uh, you know, increases. And thankfully, we have in this state where you, the citizens have the right to vote on any tax increase that's proposed. We're supposed to, anyway. Twinkie taxes. What about that? Should it be taxed Twinkies? So it has been voted down multiple times. And I'm very happy about that. And the reason is, while I think cigarettes are absolutely horrible for you, and if you're smoking, please stop smoking. It's bad for you. You know that it's bad for you at this point. Yeah, like, just stop, okay? Just, stop I it. know it's difficult. Get some help. Get some help, you know. But... If you allow the government to tax a specific item because the government views it as unhealthy for you, higher than any other product, okay? Yeah. So you're treating it you're treating it differently than any other product. What happens when they say, "Oh, you know, bullets kill people or knives kill people or cars kill people i mean i go on and on and on big max kill yeah people. right oh my goodness obesity heart disease oh you know cardiac or you know blah blah blah. how do you then say where's the line where is the line there's no line then there is yeah you have to be fair and equal and that's why lady justice is supposed to be blind that scale is not supposed to be tipped in favor of one thing over another now i we can go on and on and on about how mm-hmm. it's screwed up but that's what it's supposed to be, and we can we could go on and on on all of these what ifs and well, what about you know marijuana should should it be banned? What about cigarettes should they be banned? What about you know suicide? What about murder? What about there's so many things we could discuss, and there's so much nuance to all of them because, and, and this is goes back to the point we made earlier. We may be opposed to cigarettes. We may be opposed to marijuana we may be opposed to the overuse of alcohol we may be opposed to you know any any number of things but is it the government's job to tell us that we cannot do that or is it the church's job to come out to teach against those and very important and to show what it's like to live a life better than and without those things. To live an example, exemplary above reproach. Now, it does not mean, for those of you who have the stereotype in your mind, Christians are somehow better than everyone else. Absolutely we will not. fall and, tr- and and stumble. For we all should not have act. Sinned. Yeah, we should not act like we're better or all hoity-toity and oh look at me, you know, oh poo-poo on you, you're a lower class. Uh-uh, no, no, no. Guess who had to save everyone? He died for you just as much as he died for them. And so, you know, there, there's a <laughs> check. Christ, by there's the way. a check in there for for me sometimes, you know, whether I see somebody smoking or when I see somebody caught in their specific vice. I have to stop and remind myself I also struggle with different vices, with different sins, and Christ loves them and died for them just as much as he died for me. And so that's a great point, Nathan. We're not trying to say that we as Christians or we as the church are better than others. But instead of allowing the government to mandate and control and regulate all these things, I think it is up to the church, and I think the church has failed, 
to set examples of this is what it should be like and to help people and help pull them up and raise them from, you know, whether it's poverty or these other situations and show them, hey, there's help. There, There are better options for you and for your life. People seek the government as the answer because the church does not provide the help, assistance, or answers that it used to. The difficulty for the church is how to do that now. And it's, and we look more to society to solve those problems rather than, uh, gov- we look at government to solve those problems, as in society, than we look for people and, and, and ourselves and organizations and Christian groups and Christian churches. And I think if you take a look at just a 24-hour or 10-hour or 2-hour news cycle, you will notice, especially if it's opinion, they look to the federal government for answers because that is who they trust. That's what they believe in. You know, they believe they have the answers. When you have blind allegiance to a man-made system, it will fail. And that's why on this episode of just government overreach, if we continue to rely and look to government for the answers, we will continue to allow government overreach, and then we will not recognize this country in a very short period of time. We have to then say it is our personal responsibility and our churches, which a church is not necessarily like a building. It's a church a, is not a an organized group of people who all call themselves Oh, we're First Baptist of, you know, Walla 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 Wucha or whatever whatever the town name. Springfield. The the church is not these denominations and these subgroups. The church is us as a whole of a body of believers who have all come together, who are united under the statement of, I believe Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross and that he saved us. That is is the united... I mean, granted, there's more to that uniting statement this is, you know, we're not getting into the Apostles' Creed and all that stuff. There, But the church is not those small segments. The church is all of us who have a shared belief and a shared goal of saving lives for the kingdom of heaven and pointing people back to God. And so it is up to us as, as a church. The church has failed, and the church failed when the government started stepping in. We said, oh, okay, they're going to fix the problem, and we stepped out. It's up to us to step back into the picture and to make a bigger splash and to do a better job than the government so that people will start saying, oh, actually, they have an answer over there and they're doing a better job than the government is. Let's see what they have to say and how they can help. And for us to be a shining image and example Let me put a of pause the hope on what you're saying. through God. Well, I agree through God and uh, that, you know, most of the gist of that. We say, you know, go to the church, go to the church. No. And the reason I say that is because it gives us the scapegoat of saying it's the church's job, and we say it's the church's job, and we wait for the church to do something. We are the church. The church is you. So whatever the walk of life that you are in right now, you are that light. You are that difference. Your actions make that difference. What not, can you do? You are that church. Not, now, not not a passive, oh, well, I go to this church and they have these organizations and they do this stuff, so 
I while I'm at the church, like I'm part of that, so I'm I'm good. I'm dude. I'm helping people out. I'm all right. No, you can still do those things, and they're wonderful things, and you should. But it doesn't mean that that's it. Like you, every time you walk away from church in the afternoon, if you go out to eat, do you treat those you go out to eat around well? Do you give a tip if you do a sit-down restaurant? Or are you those people that, you know, I just came from church, I don't give tips because I'm going to grouch. I mean, no. Like, are you the ones that go, I'm going to give you a very generous tip because you're having a tough day. You know, or thank you so much. Are you being that kind person? Are you, or are you being Karen? And I think we all know what Karen means. You know, are you being a jerk? Yeah. So while this episode it's, has changed its its topic a little bit here, what we're what I think we're trying to sum up is don't be discouraged and allow government to become your salvation. Stand up for your rights as a child of God. Stand up for your rights as a citizen. Tell the government no. That's too far. Back up. Go away. And then start filling in the gaps. Start doing... Start start helping and being Christ to others. St- get, get off your butt. This goes back to our last episode. Get off your butt. Wake up. Let's go. It's up to us. And so, yes... Government has a lot of overreach, and these conversations, this is a totally natural conversation and not a really planned episode. We had some topics, but this is our our conversational style. So if you have any comments, like we said, or, or things you want us to discuss, you know, or you would like to, to even talk with us lo- want, yeah. on, on an episode. If you want to, you know, let us know how we're totally wrong about, oh, well, the government should actually mandate this and this and this. Show us why. Yeah, tell us why. You can reach out to us, email us at alreadycancelledmedia at protonmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. Find us on YouTube. Yeah, you can comment on a video, which our videos are just uh, our logo we're, with our... with our. We're, we're, get, we're getting there. We're, we're building up the, the library. It costs money. It's uh, not yeah. free. <laughs> it's, ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basic economics there. But uh, all of that being said, um, be the light. Be the salt. Go out there and... You know, be be Christ to somebody else. Stand up for what's right, no matter the cost. You make the difference. And on that note, we thank you for listening to the Artie Kinsey Podcast. Fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. I can't believe you've done this. Thank you for your patronage. I'll be back. Oh, that's hot. Not a single thing he said is accurate. Bye!